0: We uh, just made some promises that we would help children to grow in the Lord, and so we're going we're gonna to put those promises into motion right now as we dismiss our boys and girls to go to children and worship time. Los niños pueden ir al tiempo de niños en adoración. That's for our boys and girls from three years old up to fifth grade. We also have our infant and toddler child care in the back for children under two Uh, and so we just want you to know about those uh, ministries that we take very seriously at sunrise and as they're heading out uh, I want to just make one other note about what we've experienced today if you are sensing that you want to trust in Jesus and declare your faith publicly and you've not been baptized uh, or you you know, you know, want your children to be brought up in the Lord and you're a believer, talk to our church elders and talk to me. We would love to guide you. There's a process we go through to prepare people for this so that they know exactly what they are doing and why they are doing it. And it's a beautiful thing. Si gustan, si tienen el deseo de confesar, profesar públicamente su fe en el Señor y ser bautizado con uno de los ancianos, quisieramos guiarles There are a couple other things coming up here that we want you to know about. Uh, next Sunday, also we're gonna be celebrating the accomplishments of our graduates. It's Graduate Sunday. If you have not signed up, a graduate in your family, I believe we have a sign-up on the back there, and we're gonna be praying over them and celebrating with them those huge accomplishments, whether you've got a junior high, high school, college, or tech school graduate. Please let us know. Queremos saber de los graduados en su familia desde grado ocho hasta la universidad. Queremos celebrar con ellos el domingo que viene. The other thing that's coming up is our Bible Day Camp, and that is starting on June 10 in the mornings, 9 a.m. to 12 noon on that week, June 10 through 14. And we hope if you've taken uh, one of those cards to donate items that you've got that for us and that you uh, are ready to go with your children on that week. It's going to be an incredibly powerful week for us, and so. We hope you can uh, find a child that needs Jesus and wants to be a part of that as well. el campamento bíblico cada día del 10 al 14 de junio. So right now, uh, we're going to be going into our message time. And if you've been here the last couple of weeks, thus far in this message series on refocusing the mission, we have been talking about something I've labeled as mission drift mission drift, hemos estado hablando en esta serie de, del desvío de la misión, and we've defined mission drift as this tendency that we have, especially in our spiritual walk, this tendency that we can have to kind of lose focus and to get off track as we're following Jesus, podemos despistarnos, desconcentrarnos en nuestro seguimiento al Señor. And so last week we said that that's important, that we, that we beware of mission drift because if we don't pay attention to that, mission drift can pretty soon lead to mission shipwreck, to sinking down in the skeptical secular ocean that surrounds us today. El desvío de la misión puede llevarnos al naufragio de la misión en el océano secular. And so what do we need to do? We need to keep the main thing, the main thing, we said last week. Tenemos que concentrar en lo, lo más importante. We need to preach the word. We need to share the message of Jesus and follow him. Live out that message as disciples. And we are to make other disciples. Debemos predicar la palabra y seguir a Jesús a diario. And we said there that, that God's word, even as we preach it, God's word is there and God wants to correct our mistaken ideas and our false notions through his word. Dios nos va a corregir las ideas falsas en su palabra. And God's going to be challenging us through his word. He's going to be challenging our immoral thoughts and ways. Dios nos reta en la inmoralidad con su palabra. And most of all, as we preach the word, God's going to be encouraging us and lifting us up uh, above the the darkness and desperation of our time so that we can do that. We can go out and we can live the word, preach the word, share the word. Dios nos va a animar con su palabra también para que la prediquemos. So that's what we're called to do. And we're called to do that, it says, when it's easy and when it's not. When it's in season and out of season. Lo hacemos sea oportuno o no. So with that in mind, this morning... I want to talk with you about another dimension of mission drift. Quiero ver otra dimensión del desvío de la misión. And this dimension is not so much about a a drifting away from God as it is a drifting away from each other. No se trata de desviarnos, alejarnos de Dios, sino unos de otros. And so, to help us do that, I want to direct us to a story that I'm guessing many of you have never heard before. It's a story I don't think I've ever preached on before. And it's from the Old Testament book of Joshua, Joshua 22. Vamos um, a mirar Josué 22. Up on the screen, there's some page numbers. If you grab a Bible from the back, that will help you to find it. But Joshua 22, it's in the fifth book, sixth book of the Bible. And I'm going to take you through some selected verses from this chapter that tell this amazing story, this classic example of this kind of mission drift that we're talking about. Voy a leer unos versículos seleccionados aquí. So, as I always do, I'm going to be going back and forth here between uh, English and Spanish. We're going to start with the first five verses. That's where we will start. Primero, versículos uno al cinco. So, let's hone in to verse 1 here, Joshua 22. This is the word of God, la palabra de Dios. Then Joshua summoned the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half tribe of Manasseh and said to them, You have done all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded, and you have obeyed me in everything I commanded. Luego Josué convocó a las tribus de Rubén y Gad y a la media tribu de Manasseh y les dijo, Ustedes han cumplido todas las órdenes que les dio Moisés, siervo del Señor, además Ustedes me han obedecido en cada mandato que les he dado. Verse 3. For a long time now, to this very day, you have not deserted your brothers, but have carried out the mission the Lord your God gave you. Durante todo el tiempo que ha pasado hasta el momento, ustedes no han abandonado a sus hermanos los israelitas, más bien han cumplido todos los mandatos del Señor. Now that the Lord your God has given your brothers rest as he promised, Return to your homes in the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the other side of the Jordan. But be very careful to keep the commandment and the law that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to obey his commands, to hold fast to him. And to serve him with all your heart and all your soul. y les ha dado y ahora que el señor su dios ha cumplido lo que prometió y les ha dado descanso a sus hermanos, regresen ustedes a sus hogares y á sus tierras que moisés siervo del Señor les entregó al lado oriental del río Jordán y esfuércense por cumplir fielmente el mandamiento y la ley que les ordenó moisés siervo del Señor Amén al Señor su dios, condúzcanse de acuerdo con su voluntad. Obedezcan sus mandamientos, manténganse unidos firmemente a él y sírvanle de todo corazón y con todo su ser Now, I feel like I need to back up here and give you a bit of a background, a context here to understand the story. Quiero darles el contexto. So the Israelites, the 12 tribes of Israel, came out of Egypt from slavery. Las 12 tribus salieron de Egipto and it took them 40 years but eventually they got to the promised land that god had for them this años a la tierra prometida but what's interesting about this story is that when the people of israel entered into the promised land they did not come in the front door Okay, They didn't come in directly from Egypt from the southwest. No llegaron por la puerta principal de enfrente, del suroeste. If we put that map up on the screen. You'll see they actually looped around the bottom there and they came up and they went over to the other side and they came in the back door. Entraron por la puerta de atrás, from the east. And to do that, they had to cross that black line. You see that vertical line called the Jordan River. Tuvieron que cruzar el río Jordán para entrar. So that was the plan. But here's the thing. Before they went into the promised land, as they were getting close to the Jordan River, three of the tribes, Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh, saw the land on the east side of the Jordan that wasn't a part of the promised land, and they said, hey, this is good land. This is a great spot for our flocks and herds. Tres tribus vieron la tierra del este del Jordán y querían vivir allá, aunque eran, no, parte, no era parte de la tierra prometida. So the three tribes came to Moses, who was then the leader of Israel, and they said, hey, Moses, you know, we really like this land. Could we live here, even though it's not a part of the promised land? ¿Podemos vivir aquí, dijeron a Moisés, aunque no sea parte de la tierra prometida? And Moses consulted with God, and then he came back and he said, sure, You may live there. Pueden vivir ahí, dice Moisés. There's just one condition you need to complete. Bajo una condición. You need to send your fighting men over into the promised land, and you need to go with your brothers and help clear out the land of all the enemies. You need to fight and help your brother Israelites, your sister Israelites, live in their land. Tienen que mandar sus soldados para ayudar a sus hermanos, los israelitas, de conquistar la tierra. And so, they said, sure, sounds good. And that's what they did. In fact, that's what we find has happened here now in Joshua 22. The uh, Israelites have conquered the promised land and and in fact, Joshua says to these three tribes in verse three, he says, you have carried out the mission. You did the job. Congratulations. Felicidades, les Han cumplido con la misión. And so now, you know, we're going to keep our end of the bargain. You guys go back to your land and live there. But I'm just asking again, one thing you need to do. You need to keep loving God with all your heart. You need to keep obeying him. You need to keep loving and, and holding fast to him and serving him with all your heart. Don't stop living for God. Tiene que amar a Dios y obedecerlo con todo su corazón. They said, all right, thumbs up, we're ready to go. So now... We pick up the story in verse 10. Let's go to verse 10, 10, When they came to Geliloth near the Jordan in the land of Canaan, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh built an imposing altar there by the Jordan. río Jordán, las dos construyeron un enorme altar. And when the Israelites heard that they had built the altar on the border of Canaan at Gelaloth, near the Jordan on the Israelite side the whole assembly of Israel gathered at Shiloh to go to war against them los demás israelitas se enteraron de que los rubenitas los gaditas y la media tribu de manasés habían construido aquel altar a orillas del Jordán en pleno territorio israelita entonces toda la asamblea se reunió en Silo con la intención de combatir contra las dos tribus Media. so get the picture here the three tribes are on their way back over the river but before they cross the river out of the promised land they do something surprising they build this massive altar there before they go antes de cruzar a su territorio esas tres tribus construyen un gran altar now that is a problem for the other nine tribes they don't know what to think of this es un problema para las otras nueve tribus. Why is it a problem? Well, again, we have to get some backstory here. But in Deuteronomy 12, we find the answer. Deuteronomy 12 nos da la respuesta. Before all of this happened, Moses, who was then the leader of the people, told them very clearly, when you go into the promised land, get rid of all the altars and all the sacred worship places that the other nations are using to worship false gods. Get rid of all of them. Moises les dijo que destruyeran todos los altares y lugares sagrados de los ídolos. And then in Deuteronomy 12:5, Moses says this: You are to seek the place the Lord your God will choose from among all your tribes to put his name there for your dwelling. Irán y buscarán al Señor en el lugar donde de entre todas las tribus de ustedes él decida habitar. In other words, he said, there's only going to be one altar in Israel. There's only going to be one worship center, and it's the place God will choose. And God did choose that. The place was in a city called Shiloh. Dios escogió Shiloh como un solo altar, un solo lugar sagrado. And so that was to be the designated worship spot. Nowhere else were they to have any altars or any worship centers. But now, here these three tribes come along, and they built another altar. Against God's command. altar. And, and so we pick up the reading here in verse 16. Uh, basically, what happens is that the nine tribes find out about this altar, okay? And they don't know what to think of it. They think, oh, those people are going to go away from God. They're building another altar. It might be to a false god. otro altar. A lo mejor a un dios falso. So they get together in Shiloh which is the place where the true altar is, and they're ready to go to war. They're ready to attack and kill the three tribes. Las nueve tribus se congregan en donde está el altar, están listos para atacar. And at the head of them is the priest Phineas. I want you to keep that in mind. sacerdote, está ahí como su líder. So we go to verse 16. Phineas and the, the nine tribes, they march out of Shiloh. They go to the three tribes, and in Joshua 22, 16, they say to them this. How could you break faith with the God of Israel like this? How could you turn away from the Lord and build yourselves an altar in rebellion against him now? ¿Por se han contra el Dios de Israel como lo han hecho? le han dado la espalda al Señor y se han contra él construyéndose un altar? Was not the sin of Peor Enough for us. up to this very day, we've not cleansed ourselves from that sin. Acaso no hemos aprendido ninguna lección del pecado de peor del cual todavía no nos hemos purificado. What's this peor stuff about? Well, basically they come in and they say, "Hey, what are you guys doing? You're going to get us into trouble with God. You're rebelling against him, nos van a meter en problemas con Dios. Don't you remember that when you disobey God, it doesn't go well? Don't you remember what happened in Peor, how bad that situation was? I mean, we're still recovering from that one. No se lo que ocurrió, lo malo que era en Peor. What was Peor? Well, Numbers 25 will tell you if you want the whole story. But basically, in Peor, a whole large group of Israelite men, began to engage in sexual immorality with some foreign women, and they were also worshiping the false god Baal. It was not a good scene. Unos hombres israelitas eran immorales y adoraban al dios falso Baal. And so God sent this plague, this sickness amongst the people that began to kill the people because they were rebelling. Dios envió una plaga entre el pueblo. How did it stop? It only stopped... When Phineas, this same Phineas, the priest, took a spear and killed an immoral Israelite man. Phineas, sacerdote, mató con su lanza a un hombre israelita inmoral. Then it finally stopped. And so what they're saying here is, don't you remember what happened there? How bad it was for us? ¿No I se acuerdan? Era peor, en peor. It was a bad place. And so now here's where we are. We're with Phineas again. And we're going to put a stop to this. If you guys are going to disobey God, we've got our spears. We're ready to put them into you so we can stop this. Ya tenemos nuestras lanzas para matarlos a ustedes. And this is where we go to verse 24. And this is the response of the three tribes. Las tres tribus dicen esto. No. No. That's not what we're doing here. We did it we built this altar for fear that someday your descendants might say to ours what do you have to do with the Lord the God of Israel verse 26 that's why we said let us get ready and build an altar but not an altar for burnt offerings or sacrifices decidimos construir ese altar no como altar de holocaustos y sacrificios on the contrary this altar it is to be a witness a reminder between us and you and the descendants that follow that we will worship God at his sanctuary, at his place. Será como testimonio entre ustedes, nosotros y las generaciones futuras de que también nosotros podemos servir al Señor. The end of verse 27 they say, then in the future, your descendants will not be able to say to ours, you have no share in the Lord. So you see, the three tribes were not trying to drift away from God. No se estaban alejando de Dios. The three tribes did not want to be excluded from God. They did not want to be pushed away from God. No querían ser excluidos por Dios. Why would they think that they might be d- excluded from God? Why were they afraid of being on the outside? ¿Por qué tenían miedo a esto? Because of that thing called the Jordan River, la barrera del Jordán. One Bible scholar says it best. In this story, the Jordan River is a symbol of separation. El Jordán es símbolo de la separación. We look at that map earlier, that big black line was there, and they were on the other side of it. Whenever you have a barrier between people, what do barriers do? What do boundaries do? They divide. Las barreras dividen a las personas. And the fear of the three tribes on the east of the Jordan is that the nine tribes on the west of the Jordan would look over and say, hey, you guys over there on the other side of the line, we have nothing to do with you and you have nothing to do with us and you have nothing to do with God. You don't believe in God. You're not true believers. miedo de que tribus les ustedes no son de Dios, no son creyentes. De verdad. See, that's the way it is when there are barriers. Barriers cause us to look at people on the other side as different from us. Las barreras dividen. And when there are barriers and boundaries and lines that get set up in the midst of the people of God, it can even cause us to look across those barriers and to question whether the people on the other side have true faith. Las barreras nos llevan hasta cuestionar la fe de otras personas de otros creyentes allá. What are the barriers? What are the boundary lines that sometimes get drawn in in the, the, the camp of Christianity? ¿Cuáles son las barreras en el campamento cristiano? What are they? church background, denominations, we call them, denominaciones. You're Baptist, I'm not. You're Reformed, I'm not. We're different. A racial, ethnic background, that can become a barrier. La raza, la etnicidad puede ser una barrera. You don't look like me. Your culture is different than mine. Language can become a barrier, el lenguaje. I'm not just talking about English and Spanish, but but the words we use within the faith that often are words that talk about the same thing, but they're different words. Las palabras que usamos. Some refer to baptism as a sacrament. Others refer to baptism as an ordinance. But it's the same thing. Algunos dicen comunión, otros la santa cena. Some people talk and they use debts and debtors in the Lord's Prayer and others pray the Lord's Prayer with trespasses and those who trespass against us. It's a dividing line. And then there are all kinds of perspectives out there about how and when and where Jesus is coming back and what he's going to do and what that looks like and everybody's got a different perspective and they look at the person on the other side. No, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. I'm right. Hay perspectivas sobre la segunda venida de Jesús. And then there's this whole thing we just did this morning. Baptism itself, the practice of baptism, la práctica del bautismo. Some people sprinkle, some people pour, some people dunk. Guess what? We did all three this morning. Kind of interesting, right? Algunos rocian agua, otros derraman, otros sumergen. Some baptize babies, others baptize only adults. Algunos bautiza niños, otros solo adultos but we've got to understand what we're talking about. We're talking about lines and boundaries in the middle of the camp, and it's not so much a thing of mission drift as it is a drifting apart from one another. No es desvío de la misión, sino desvío unos de otros. And if we're not careful, as we, as we look across those lines, as we drift apart, it can be very easy to look over there and mistake our brother or sister in Christ for the enemy. Podemos erroneamente pensar que nuestro hermano es un enemigo. And when we start doing that, and we think that's an enemy over there, what are we going to do? We're going to go to war, like the nine tribes. We're going to lob our shells and bombard that other person. Say, you're wrong. Vamos a bombardearnos unos a otros. But this story has a powerful message, I believe, for us today. And that message would be simply, remember your mission partners. Remember who they are. Recuerden a sus compañeros de misión. Look with me at verse 30. We go a little further down in the story. Versículo 30. When Phineas, the priest, and the leaders of the community the heads of the clans of the Israelites heard what Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh had to say, they were pleased. Cuando escucharon lo que los Reubenitas, los Gaditas, y la media tribu de Manasseh tenían que decir, Phineas y el sacerdote y los jefes de clanes de la comunidad quedaron satisfechos. Oh, you just want to be part of us and worship God with us? Cool. No problem there. Now look at verse 34. 34. And the Reubenites and the Gadites Gave the altar this name, a witness, a reminder between us that the Lord is God. Los Rubenita, los Gadita le dieron al altar este nombre de testimonio porque dijeron entre nosotros servirá de testimonio de que el Señor es Dios. So in this story, the Jordan River is the symbol of separation; it is the dividing line. El Jordán es símbolo de la separación. But this altar, this altar at Geliloth becomes the symbol of unity. It's what brings us together. We worship the Lord. El altar es símbolo de la unidad. El altar de Now it's interesting that this altar was built at a place called Geliloth. Geliloth is the ancient name for a place in Israel that we know better today as Galilee. Galilee. Galiloth es un nombre antiguo para Galilea. And centuries later, the scriptures tell us that there would come a man from that region on the dividing line between the promised land and the three tribes, a man from Galilee. And this man from Galilee would obey God and love God completely with all his heart, perfectly so, and then he would go to an altar, an altar called the cross, to die for sinners of all tribes and all languages and all nations. El hombre de Galilea iba al altar de la cruz para morir por todas las naciones. Who is this man from Galilee, from Galiloth, who would go to the altar of the cross for you and for me? His name is Jesus. Es Jesús. And in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, the Bible has something powerful to say about this. Ephesians 2, 3, it says, Now, in Christ Jesus, the man from Galilee, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. En Cristo Jesús a ustedes que antes estaban lejos, Dios los ha acercado mediante la sangre de Cristo. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one, Jew and Gentile one and has destroyed the barrier the dividing wall of hostility Cristo nuestra paz de los dos pueblos judíos y gentiles ha hecho uno solo derribando mediante su sacrificio el muro de enemistad que nos separaba Jesus brings people on different sides of the line together So what is the marker of our unity as Christians, what's the unifying factor? Nos une como cristianos? What unites us? It's not that we all come from the same denomination. I'm pretty sure of that. No es que seamos de la misma denominación. It's not that we all use the same words. For the same things in the church that's not what unites us it's not that we all have 100% agreement on how Jesus is going to return when and where no es que estemos de acuerdo con palabras y con el retorno de Cristo it's not that we all sprinkle babies or dunk adults that's not what unites us no es lo que el bautismo tampoco what is it that unites us here it is. Do we embrace the man from Galilee, Jesus who died on the altar of the cross and rose again for you and me? Abrazamos al hombre de Galilea que murió en la cruz por nosotros and are we surrendering our lives on the altar as living sacrifices to follow Jesus? Nos hemos rendido como sacrificios vivos a Jesús. If that's the case, guess what? We're mission partners. We're one. Somos uno, somos compañeros de misión. Fully Trusting in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is the essential unifying factor for the family of God, for all believers. Confiando en la muerte y resurrección de Cristo es lo que nos une. It is, as it has been said, Christ alone by the grace or the undeserved gift of God alone, through faith alone, with the scriptures alone, for the glory of God alone. That's what unifies us. solo Cristo, solo por la gracia y mediante la fe, con las escrituras para la gloria de Dios. That's it. I was just re- uh, watching a video a couple of weeks ago, and, and this Christian leader in this video said something interesting. Un leader cristiano dijo algo interesante. He said, you know, too many times in the Christian family, we are so busy drawing the lines between each other, so busy separating each other out and trying to determine who's in, who's out. Who's with me, who's not. Hacemos muchas líneas en la iglesia para determinar quién está fuera, quién está dentro. He says, we, we waste a lot of time and it's not good for our witness in the world he says a better way for us to go about this is not to think about who's in and who's out but rather who's drawing near to Jesus who's getting closer to Jesus and who's going away from him quien se esta acercando a Jesus y quien se aleja de Jesus you see even though you may be far from me and I'm far from you if we're both getting closer to Jesus Christ, guess what we're doing? We're getting closer to each other. acercamos al Señor Jesús cada vez más, nos estamos acercando unos a otros. And that person who's going away from Jesus, that's not our enemy either. The devil's our enemy. That's somebody we want to go after and call back and say, come. Come to the foot of the altar, the cross. That's the only place we should worship God. Podemos llamar a aquel persona que está alejándose. Ven a la cruz. So important. The poet Robert Frost wrote a famous poem. You probably had to study it in high school called Mending Fences. And in that poem he said, before I built a wall, I'd like to know what am I walling in And what am I walling out? Antes de construir un muro, dijo el poeta: pido que me enteren si estaba amurallando para que quedara algo fuera o dentro. God's word this morning urges us, urges us really, not to wall out our brothers and sisters in Christ for reasons that do not matter. No debemos. Quedar fuera con un hermano por pretextos que no importan. And that's a good word for us here because at Sunrise, you know, Sunrise, we're a lot like Israel here. We come from all kinds of different tribes. Somos de varias tribus aquí. And we've come together in this thing called Sunrise Community Church to be on a mission. Some come from no tribe whatsoever, and they just step in and say, I've never been to church before in my life, but here I am. Praise God. We're glad you're here we have an opportunity to show the world something different. In fact, what unifies us is not the way we, we think about things. You know, uh, we come from different backgrounds, of different worship styles, different words, different practices. Venimos de trasfondos de varios estilos de adoración. But what unites us is that we are after Jesus Christ as our only Savior and Lord. He's the only one. Cristo es el único Señor y salvador. So how do we apply this? I think we have opportunities to apply this message to our lives here in the coming days. One application I'd like to invite you to is next Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m. We're being invited to a tribal gathering of Christians in our city called Tulare United. And it's a time of worship, a prayer of unity. It'll be at the Tulare First Baptist Church. Yes, you can step on foot on there, and they will actually be nice people. They love Jesus over there. Great people. And we're going to have this uh, gathering. There's going to be food trucks, all of that. Be a great time. I, I actually love my fellow pastors in this city because they're awesome men and people of God who serve the Lord. So, um, invite you to that. Here's another application. Find someone here at Sunrise who comes from a different tribe, someone from a different background or a different culture, or different ethnicity, or whatever. Get to know them. Get to know them. Que conozcan a alguien de otra tribu de esta iglesia. It is a powerful thing. It's been a blessing for me over the years. And then finally, third application I'd like to suggest is that we pray for our Christian brothers and sisters throughout the world of other tribes who are suffering right now for their faith. We have Christians in India, China, North Korea, Iraq, Syria. They are suffering for their faith. Very much. I Christians in India, China, and other Korea, Corea del Norte, are suffering for their faith. And in fact, we need to pray for Christians right here. I want to show you a video as we wrap up uh, the story of a woman named Artis. Artis is a veteran, uh, and she is also from another tribe. She is a Jewish Christian. She's a Jew, and she's a Christian. And there is such a thing, and it's a beautiful thing. Ella es judía y cristiana. She's uh, going to tell her story of how she's being persecuted right here in California and we want to pray for artists. So take a look at this video and then we're going to pray together. Vamos a ver después de ver la historia.
1: Have a passion I guess to share with those who don't know the Lord because somebody loved me enough to share with me and where would I be if they hadn't been willing to put up with my prickliness and I'm known an artist ever since I got here and I love her Bible study she's a very good teacher she teaches the Word of, of God I was just wandering around on a Saturday afternoon looking for something to do and I heard some people talking and I went over to the lounge and they were having a Bible study. It was like connecting all the dots. Arthur would tell us a story and then find it in the Bible and it seemed to make such common sense. If you take a a topic and we discuss the topic at, at its various levels and to try to make sense of that topic. He was arguing with artists, and, uh, more of an artist than me, about accepting the Lord and he did, was a skeptic and I don't know just what all. But then one day he had an accident downstairs and he, he fell down and uh, I don't know, it broke his hip or something. He, uh, she was talking about uh, you know get off the fence well he said I jumped the fence and he did he jumped the fence and asked the Lord in his life
0: and, and we would
1: we've been working with him I would have gave up artists is more persistent I have to hand it to her I was stripped of chaplaincy of being a volunteer of being able to teach the bible study and of my tv program one of the accusations is that i was rude i'm not rude by nature i am sure that god wants me to ask you where you're going to go but that's not up to me we are all under a death penalty because we have broken god's laws god put me in the business of helping people find him this is a very special place that talks about the the cost of freedom it's not free we have to continuously understand that if we want to be free if we want to exercise our God-given rights and our constitutional rights, it's going to cost us. And that's probably why I fight, because as a Jew, I knew that Yeshua, Jesus, was not a subject, and it was going to cost me everything, maybe not my life, but everything that I counted important in my life.
0: Artist Bro is one of the most uh, vivacious um, great-grandmas that you're ever likely to meet. Uh, She's she's full of life. She's a light in a dark place and in a place where that vivacity, that spirit is so desperately needed. And
1: sadly, the Veterans Home is pursuing her uh, precisely because of that reason, because she's the type of person who has strong beliefs and isn't afraid to say them. She's the kind of person who will stand up for herself.
0: And stand up for other people as well. Artis is a woman who just loves the Lord, and she wants us to share her faith, the hope that's within her. These veterans at this home, they, they sacrificed uh, so this Bible study could happen. All veterans deserve to be protected, uh, to not have to relinquish their constitutional rights, but they work so hard and sacrifice so much to defend. That's why we, we, can't, we can't let this go by. Uh, we all need to stand up. We all need to to say enough is enough and it's okay uh, to share her faith, to share the good news at that home. So it's uh, with that story in mind that we're going to prepare for our offering time right now. Nos vamos a preparar para la ofrenda. And uh, I want to invite you to pray with me. We're going to pray for artists, but we're going to pray that we might be more uh, willing to sacrifice ourselves for Jesus, who sacrificed for us. Vamos a orar al Señor. Heavenly Father, this weekend we remember those who gave the ultimate sacrifice uh, for our country. Some of those people died in lands far from here. Recordamos a los que dieron sus vidas por nuestra patria, por nuestro país, Señor, que dieron su vida en, en, en tierras muy, muy lejos de aquí. We know that some of them gave their lives to set free people who were being abused and tortured and killed. Algunos dieron sus vidas para los abusados, hasta torturados y matados. And that causes us to remember what unifies us that you Jesus Christ gave an even greater sacrifice the highest sacrifice by giving your life for the sins of the world you had our sins upon you at the cross we want to pray for our Christian brothers and sisters of other tribes Lord forgive us where we have looked at them with suspicion where we have looked at them with a critical spirit perdonanos donde hemos criticado y hemos tenido sospechas de nuestros hermanos en Cristo we want to pray for artists Lord she can exercise that right to share her faith appropriately and we, we pray God that we may do the same that we may have that kind of boldness not to be rude like she said but to be bold Ayúdanos a ser, no descorteses, sino sino, eh, atrevidos, Señor, a la hora de compartir tu palabra. As we give right now, we give thankfully. Thank you for what unifies us. Thank you for the man from Galilee. Thank you for that altar that unifies us, the cross. And we give you the praise and you the glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. It's in your holy name that unites us and it's in your holy name that we pray. In tu santo nombre que nos une, oramos, Señor Jesús. And all God's people say, amen. Amen. Let's give with joy.